<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano. Long morning already. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, April 3rd, 2023. It's about 11.05 in the morning here on the East Coast of the United States. Ray McGovern joins us now, as he does every week. Ray, always a pleasure. Thank Thank you for coming back to the show. So tell me, my dear friend, what is the American response to the meeting between President Xi and President Putin now uh, two weeks ago, and why? what is the American spin on this? Well, two things, Judge. Um, this is a tectonic shift in the balance of power in the world. It's now, very, very briefly, two against one, China and Russia in a virtual military alliance. Number two, the smart guys running our foreign policy don't get it. I mean, they're listening to people like a former ambassador to the to Russia, uh, Michael McFall. Now, after all the ceremony, pomp and circumstance, and the very serious promises made between President Xi and President Putin, what does Michael McFall do? He says, aha. <laughs> now, Putin has humiliated Xi, and this is not going to go down well in Beijing. Huh? Now, <laughs> this is uh, this is from a website appropriately called McFall's World. <laughs> well, you ought to join the real world because I'm afraid that the explanation as to why uh, Secretary Blinken and Sol- uh, Jacob Sullivan don't know. Shinola is because they listen to to benighted people like Michael McFall. What what is McFall's goal here to to try and put a wedge between Putin and Xi to try and further the American involvement in the war in Ukraine? What is he trying to accomplish and why are the Americans listening to this guy? Well, uh, about a year ago, uh, they did make one last gasp chance, last try to drive this wedge between Russia and China. But it was too late. (laughs) Putin has building up this relationship since 2001, for God's sake, okay? And uh, they are, as I say, they are personal friends as well as uh, joined together at the hip against enemy number one, who happens to be the United States of America. Now, for every Victoria Newland or Michael McFall explanation as to why, no, 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 they don't really trust each other. For every remark by President Biden that, you know, I think, I don't think she has any respect for Putin, his words, uh, for every remark like that, well, it betrays a sense of, of, 
above the the fray recognition that we are still exceptional and that we can drive them apart even if they're together it doesn't matter because we'll find something that we can explain to the american people that they're really not together really right. much does, does, the really america, does the american foreign policy establishment understand the um socioeconomic significance of the alliances that xi and putin are forming with other countries throughout the world example brazil an enormous economy now shedding itself of its addiction to using the American dollar when it's buying things, particularly oil. Do I have all that right? You do have that right. And you mentioned Brazil, Judge. This is really interesting. When I gave a briefing at the UN Security Council on the 21st of February, uh, only Russia and China were in favor of an independent an independent Security Council investigation of how Nord Stream was blown up. The Brazilian representative was very curiously ambivalent, but he didn't mm. really support it. Now they have. What was the vote three days ago? The vote was three votes for this resolution for, for an independent investigation. Any votes against? No votes against. How many abstentions? Twelve. <laughs> I mean, it was so embarrassing to veto or to, to vote against an independent investigation that the U.S. persuaded all his friends. Let's just abstain. So this is a new record. Actually, it ties a new record. Well, whatever became of the uh, investigation of the guy in the sailboat, the, the Gilligan's Island guy that your former colleagues in the CIA attempted to point a finger at uh, <laughs> saying, well, maybe he in a sailboat, blew up Nord Stream. Well, actually, I'm reliably informed that he was uh, given a, a very heavy weight under his uh, under his water thing and and <laughs> dropped off the yacht. I, I don't know. It was that was a uh, a cockamamie story uh, aimed only at diverting attention from what Sir Hirsch had said only to give the headliners something to say, well, there's an alternative story. Now, Hirsch may say this, but uh, U.S. officials say it was this yacht. Give me a break. That only lasts for a couple of days, but yeah. it doesn't matter. They get the headline. I'm, I'm, surprised. I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised, Ray, and maybe you have a finger on the pulse of this, that there wasn't more reaction uh, in Northern uh, Europe uh, Germany, Holland, the Netherlands, uh, to uh, the revelation that the United States blew up the pipeline. Those people suffered real harm uh, because of this, uh, and they are theoretically American uh, allies. Putin belittled, quite properly in my view, the American-German uh, relationship by saying it's as if Germany is still occupied talking about the American military occupation and division of Germany into four parts uh, after uh, World War II. It almost is as if Germany is occupied. If the United States of America can attack Germany, German sovereign territory, with impunity. The question, Judge, is whether the German people have learned anything, not only in the last 78 years since World War II, but for the last 90 years, count them, nine zero, 
since the Reichstag, the uh, the parliament building in Berlin was burned down, blamed on the communists. The Nazis had a minority then in parliament, 44%, uh, I believe. The Social Democrats caved, the Christian, Dem the Christian party centrum caved, and you know the rest of that story. Right. Uh, it was described as sheepish submissiveness. Now, that's the German character, I'm afraid to, to, to finally acknowledge. The question is whether after World War II, when they had to act like, a, like children or adolescents, whether they can now act as adults. There are signs, there are big demonstrations, not only in France now, but in Germany, because the word is out. And the key question, of course, is whether Olaf Scholz, their, their chancellor, was briefed by Biden on the 7th of February last year, when Biden said, I promise you, there'll be no more Nord Stream. The reporter says, well, was halten Sie davon, Herr Kanzler? What do you think about that? And he said, uh, uh, well, we do everything together. We don't do anything important that we don't do together. So the question in, in Germany now is, what did you know, Olaf Scholz? Right. And when did you know it? You know. Right. You now, speaking of doing, speaking of doing everything together, just a few hours ago, uh, the president of Belarus uh, addressed his cat, his parliament, uh, and called for a ceasefire. Now we know of his relationship to uh, President uh, Putin. Uh, what do you and what does the intel intelligence community make of this? A, a trial balloon? I don't know what the intelligence community makes of it. I'm afraid to ask. I know what I make of it. What is that? Spoken Russian. Huh? What? what? He, he, he spoke in Russian, not Belarusian. Russian. Uh, there is no, there is not a, a scintilla of evidence that he did this independently. Right. I can't imagine that he would have done this independently. So the analysis I'm hoping for from you is what, why would President Putin uh, want him to do this? The, the Wagner group reported late last night that Bakhmut has fallen. There are still Ukrainian soldiers there, but they're hopelessly surrounded and outnumbered and their supply lines are, uh, have, been, uh, have been severed. Uh, this is a major psychological victory for uh, President Putin and defeat for uh, President uh, Zelensky. So another way for me to ask this question is, has Putin achieved what he wanted? Does he have a sufficient amount of uh, Eastern Ukraine that he can claim historically, legally, culturally, always has been and should still be uh, a part of Russia and he's finished with his work? That all depends, Judge, on whether Putin can persuade the collective West to do the sensible thing and stop the killing. Now, this may sound strange, but Putin, Xi, and Lukashenko want to stop the killing. Lukashenko is the president of Belarusia. That's correct, yeah. And he made this big speech on the very day that Russia issued a, a major foreign policy statement. I have it here. It's uh, I printed out 37 pages. It, it establishes a new foreign policy that has been reflected in how Russia and China have felt their felt their uh, courage lately and stood up. Now, the question is, uh, I think, you know, uh, well, this is interesting. Lukashenko says that there have massive, there have been massive casualties 
on both sides. I'm beginning to believe that. I mean, we have lots of ratios being talked about. The New York Times certainly has it completely wrong in saying seven casualties of Russia to one of uh, Ukraine. It's probably the other way, but they want to stop the killing. If they get talks going, if they get talks going, I think there's a reasonable possibility that the U.S. will finally say, okay, all right, we'll settle for what we can get. We don't want the Russian forces all the way up to the Dnieper River. Otherwise, I think they will go that far. But now it's sort of like the last gasp. I think Lukashenko is the last person saying, all right, look, here it is. Here's the decision. Should we go to talks or do you want us to go to the Dnieper? And then we'll have talks. There have to be talks eventually. Question is whether these benighted people in Washington get that through their heads because Ukraine cannot win. Milley said that yesterday, for God's sake. General Milley. Right. But, but, but General Milley, well, it's not General Milley's fault, although he does mouth the administration line except for this statement and a similar one he made a few months ago. General Milley's boss does not have an off-ramp. Joe Biden does not have an off-ramp. He spent $65 billion with a B American dollars. He's got a blank check for another $60 billion. What is he going to do? Continue to spend the money or wisely call up Zelensky and say, you just lost back moot? Putin's willing to stop the, uh, stop the killing tonight. I want you to go along with it. Do you really think that Joe Biden would do that? I don't think Biden is in charge, Judge. That's part of the problem. I don't think Blinken. I, I don't think uh, Sullivan. I don't think Victoria Nuland, who's really running the policy from the State Department, are capable of realizing that we can't prevail this time and that we have to tuck in our horns and we have to settle for what we can get. They're quite prepared to have Zelensky expend the rest of his troops and then call for us and say, oh, now you've got to come. NATO's got to come in big time. That's what Newland wants. I don't know about Blinken and Sullivan. That's what she wants. Now, no, she, she, wants, she wants a, I'm going to use her phrase, liberation or evacuation of Russian troops from Crimea. I mean, right. that's no more going to happen than that Putin's going to do a dance in Times Square. Yeah. I mean, she's just living in another world if she thinks that NATO can cause that to happen. Yeah, she says, at least we have to demilitarize it. Right. <laughs> well, come on. Uh, Russia's only all-year-round ice-free naval base, Sevastopol, <clears throat> is right there in Crimea, established about the time of Catherine the Great, which was the time of our revolution. It's been there. It's not going to go away. She's not going to demilitarize it. So uh, Biden's got to wake up, you know, or somebody's got to wake him up and say, look, Joe, <laughs> you know, these guys are getting you in deeper, deeper trouble. Do you really want World War Three? You say right. you don't, then you got to stop. Let me ask you about this um, arrest of Evan Gershkovich, the <laughs> head of the Wall Street Journal uh, Moscow Bureau. Now, he wasn't in Moscow. He was in uh, eastern Russia, the Russians said we caught him red-handed. He had military documents in his hands. Well, he's an investigative reporter. They don't have a Pentagon Papers case to protect investigative reporters who get their hands uh, on uh, military uh, secrets. But my question to you is bigger picture. Have we entered um, a posture uh, in our diplomacy where it's going to be kidnapping and arrest versus kidnapping and arrest as a, dipl as a diplomatic tool? Well, I don't think we're there yet. 
I haven't seen the proof that the Russians are using to uh, call this fellow guilty, but I am told, or we learn, that a lot of Russian spies have been kicked out of uh, the collective West country, so to speak, and it is tit for tat. And uh, you know, I would not rule out the fact that uh, that old uh, <coughs> Gershkovitz was uh, <coughs> was uh, you know getting stuff that he <coughs> he shouldn't have been getting from somebody who sort of set him up. So I don't know, the, and, and I'm trying to be very careful on this, but I don't see a widespread tit for tat just yet. It may come soon. The United States arrested a, Bra a Brazilian soccer star, Brazilian soccer star, whom the State Department claims his real name is Sergei Cherkasov. That's not Brazilian. And Mr. Cherkasov, they claim, uh, was working for the FSB. That's the Russian security uh, apparatus. I shouldn't laugh because he got a Russian posing as a, as a Brazilian. That was two weeks ago. Maybe they went after this uh, Wall Street Journal fellow. Turns out this Wall Street Journal fellow and I have a lot of mutual friends. They tell me he's a tough, aggressive uh, investigative reporter, but no more a spy. One of them said to me, than you are a ballerina, Judge. So <laughs> <laughs> apt, an apt analogy. Uh, but my point is... Um, Brittany Griner for Victor Boot, and now this uh, Sergey fellow for uh, the Wall Street Journal guy. I mean, what what is really accomplished by uh, by this stuff? Surely, old Joe or Tony Blinken uh, or the head of the CIA, William Burns or Victoria Newland, are not going to change American foreign policy because a Wall Street Journal reporter has been kidnapped by Russian security forces, are they? No, they're not. Uh, this is, as I say, tit for tat but it has uh, consequential effects. Now think back to the fall of 2016. Uh, there arose this fable about Russian hacking. What happened? Obama kicked 25 Russian diplomats out of the United States, confiscated diplomatic property, and that began Russiagate, okay? So these things can balloon into something very consequential, which Russiagate was, and I'll just add that the reason that 70% of the American people hate Russia is because they think Russia was responsible for Donald Trump and might do it again, for God's sake. They weren't, and they're not going to do it again. <laughs> last, uh, last question. Uh, over the weekend, a, uh, a public Putin ally, one of those nationalists who's actually on the right of Putin, uh, was blown up uh, in a cafe in St. Petersburg, uh, Russia. 30 other people were injured. Uh, the Russian security forces, the same a crew that arrested uh, Mr. Gershkovich, arrested a young Ukrainian woman who apparently handed this guy a statue of himself. And as soon as he put the statue down, it exploded uh, and killed him. Uh, is this the Ukrainian uh, intel MO? I've done a lot of, not a lot of, but uh, time permitting, I've looked up a little bit about this particular guy who was blown up. His uh, past is not all that clean. Uh, God knows who had incentive to do this. I'm interested in seeing that the Russians are not yet, as far as I'm aware, blaming Ukraine for this one. Got it. Ray McGovern, always, uh, always a pleasure, uh, my dear friend. 
uh, having you once a week is very popular with uh, our viewers and very gratifying for your humble host. <laughs> Thank you, we sir. don't see each other, a blessed Easter to you, my friend. Thank you. You too. Thank you. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom.